Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This is a production of ITM Media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 92 of In the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Beamer. Unfortunately, Preston could not join us this episode. Uh, all I'm going to say is uh, keep his family in your thoughts and prayers as he moves forward through this difficult time. He's got a lot of stuff going on. I'm sure he, if he wants to, he'll come on in the next few episodes and explain it to everybody. But I hope all is well out there. we got a very special show in store for you today. Our mid-season review with Fast Slap Podcast with Chrissy and Deb and Blind Spotting NASCAR Podcast with the crew of Andrew, Travis, and Mike. Very long episode, so I'm going to go ahead and hit into that. Make sure to let us know what you think with hashtag what you think ITM throughout the course of the show or at the end of the show whenever you want to. Just chime in on what your opinions are and what you thought about what we said about the NASCAR season up to this point, heading into the Pocono doubleheader this weekend. Going to be exciting for that. Uh, unfortunately, like we said, we can't make it there, but we'll be there in 2022 when I say we, myself, and Preston. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode of In the Marbles, again with Chrissy and Deb with Fast Lap NASCAR Podcast and Blind Spotting NASCAR Podcast. Hope you enjoy. Back here within the Marbles, a very special episode, the mesh-up episode with Fast Lap Podcast and Blind Spotting NASCAR Podcast for our mid-season review. We can start off with Fast Lap. How are you ladies doing today? Wonderful. Good. How are you all? Good. Uh, of course, uh, back a few episodes, a uh, number of episodes ago, I would say, Chrissy and Deb were on In the Marbles. Uh, just a quick interview, but they were nice enough to have us on their show once. Uh, again, I think back in March or, yeah, about March time frame. I yeah, think even probably. earlier than that, but they're on uh, going to be giving us their point of view on this mid-season review. And then we got a very another special podcast here, Blind Spotting NASCAR podcast. If you listen to Race Day Unhinged, you will know five off and five on with Blind Spotting NASCAR podcast. The crew of Mike, 
Travis and Andrew. Never been on our weekly racing show before. Want to get you guys on later in the future. But how are you gentlemen doing this evening? Doing great, Matt. Thanks for having us on. We really appreciate it. Uh, this, I'm Michael, and uh, we've been really looking forward to to doing this and uh, and meeting Deb and, and Chrissy as well. We've heard a lot about you guys, so this is this is exciting for us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, excited to be here. Yep, glad to be here and uh, happy to get started. Let's go. Yeah, okay, let's look at the ground running. So what we're going to do right now is have a few discussion questions we want to go over and from there, we're going to give our driver and team ratings, and you kind of see the flow of the show as it progresses through the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if you want to chime in, let us know what you think at what you think, hashtag what you think ITM, and let us know your opinions about these. And we're just going to go ahead and get started with question number one. Very easy one, but a very tough one at the same time. What has been the best race of the season to this point midway through the season? We're going to start off with Fast Slap, and we're going to start off with Deb What's been your opinion on the best race of the season thus far? Oh, that was a tough one for me because I think a lot of them had things that I really liked about them. So I went, I had a tie between Sonoma and Nashville. Okay. Sonoma, because it was very exciting towards the end. And it was just a race where I wasn't like, oh, there's 50 laps left of this still. It was (laughs) me watching. And Nashville, I also thought was really exciting. I thought that the brake rotor issue led to some excitement, but I'm not sure if that's because I really like NBC's broadcast better or if I liked Nashville as much as I think I did. Yeah, Nashville was a fun race. It definitely surprised a lot of people. The look of a mile and a half super speedway, but the feel of a short track. And I think they set up their cars for Nashville like a mile and a half track and not for the... 14 degrees of bank in there that they had there led, led to a lot of tire issues. Chrissy, what do you think your best race or the best race of the weekend thus far is? Well, I was going to say Charlotte because I was there with Deb. Her rude butt didn't say that at all. Oh. So. Wow. Oh. <laughs> shots, shots fired already. We're not even like three minutes into this. But I do also agree with Sonoma. It was a really great race, and there was so much excitement. I love road courses anyway, and no, it is not because I'm a Chase Elliott fan, and he's good on road courses. I just have always been into kind of different racing. Anyway, I really right. like it. So I do. I agree um, with that, and I like the idea of what they tried to do with the dirt race at Bristol. I don't think the race itself was fantabulous. I just think they were trying to bring some excitement but they could have gone about it in a better way. They could have gone to an actual dirt track and probably have better uh, right. event, but I like what they tried to do. Well, it's funny that you say that you're a Chase Elliott fan and you were looking forward to all these road courses. I thought he'd have at least three under his belt right now. Only one though. And that was a lucky rain shortened race at Coda. Yeah. We got, a, we got a, what five more to go in the season. He's got a chance. Yeah, I think if he had had time to play out their strategy that they had in place, he potentially still could right. have won because he was getting close to a 16-second lead. And Alan had said if he made it up to, I think, 19 or 20 seconds, he could have had enough advance to, to pit, get gas, and end up trying to make it back out in front of the rest. So, right. just saying. Yeah, would you? It could have played out differently. <laughs> one of those what-if questions that we wish we would have seen play out there exactly. at Circuit of the Americas. Exactly. We're gonna too go, late now. But it is too late now. But there is always what Road Americas, I believe, is next. Road Americas, the new road course there on the schedule. Going to go shifting gears now to blind spotting NASCAR podcast. We're going to start off with Travis. Best race of the season thus far. 
Well, Matt, this was an easy question for me. Not because I was there, which I was, but the race at Martinsville had a little bit of everything. You had beating and banging. You had some crashes. You had good racing. You had good weather once the rain got out of there on Saturday, and uh, it allowed us to spend some extra time together, and it was just a a good old-fashioned Martinsville race, which is what we love, the three of us love about Martinsville so much. All right, so Martinsville on that list Saturday for you night slash Sunday afternoon can't complain yep. paperclip can't wait till October so I can go with there with you guys it's going to be a lot of fun Andrew yeah I'm going to piggyback on Deb there uh I thought Nashville was a great race now it may have been because there had been a few kind of snoozers the week couple weeks before you know they I don't remember who it was it might have been Steve Latart that said you've got the front the front straightaway speed of Charlotte with the corner of Richmond. And I think that made for some really good racing. They also put the resin down, not the PJ one, but they put that resin that I think uh, gave multi-groove racing. We saw high and low. And, and I also agree that that brake package, I would have thought a few guys might've gone to the rear uh, after seeing the Xfinity race on Saturday and how many failures there were by switching out the front. The, actually, it was the right rear brake that seemed to be really overheating. So, uh, But I really enjoyed that. Uh, I was not looking forward to that this weekend at all, and uh, it really surprised me. I thought Nashville was a great race. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Nashville was, I, I think, depending on if you were a Kyle Larson fan or not, was a great <clears> race <throat> or not if you were on that side of the fence or yeah, not. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of passing for the lead, but there were some comers and goers and strategy yeah. and fuel mileage. And when's the last time we saw a fuel mileage race with the stages? Don't I think it was pre- we really don't see stages. Them. It used that, to be Indy and Pocono and all of those Michigan, Michigan, Michigan yeah. California. But you don't see that as much anymore with the with the stage racing. Yeah. What do you think, Michael? Well, I liked um, you know Talladega is my pick uh, just because I enjoy watching the race in Talladega. If I if I took heart medicine, I'd have to take a little extra every time I watch Talladega. We've been there once several years ago, so being there is very exciting. And it's just I'd love to see Matty D get a win, and he was so close down there yet again. Uh, but unfortunately, he was leading at the white flag, and that person never wins. But no one saw Keselowski moving up and get to get that win. So the whole race was exciting. I love, uh, you know, how it just, just displays the dr- the driving skill of these guys to drive in those close quarters. I, I don't know how to do it. That's one part of NASCAR racing that would just weed me out. I just, that would be just very, very stressful. Uh, but, you know, yeah, Talladega I thought was a good race. Uh, a lot of movement up front, a lot of movement throughout the field. And, and just uh, as as history would dictate, you just didn't know until that thing was over who was going to win it. So I like that part of it. We've seen so much, um, you know, who's kind of going to win 50 laps to go unless there's an equipment failure, but you didn't have that Talladega. Never do. Talladega is always a fun race. I think any restrictor plate or now tapered spacing racetrack is fun to watch, especially on those 2.5-mile historical ovals in Talladega's point, 2.66. But I'm going to come back down to my home state for my race, the Goodyear 400, because we saw the last dominance from a non-Hendrick team, and that was Marty Trex Jr. and Joe Gibbs <laughs> yeah. Racing, before Kyle Larson and Hendrick said, we're going to take those reins and run forward with it. And two, because I was there, and prior to that race, I would rate races really low when there was a dominance. But then after seeing that dominance and seeing the racing around the track, I got more of appreciation and respect for that. Especially at a track like Darlington, where tires are always an issue. Truex holding on to there, and Larson almost pulling up the upset there. Didn't quite get it done, but made a gutsy move there in the end, going three wide there. And there, that was 
great race and great all around mix right there. Nashville heavy, I feel. That's okay. You know, I think Matt, that's a when you go to Darlington for the people on, that are listening, the TV because of the way they shoot that track does not do it justice for how ridiculously fast they're going through those tight little turns. Oh yeah. It and so when you watch these guys and you can see their gloves, you know, working the steering wheel, man, that that's the thing that makes Darlington fun when you're there is that you know, when they built that place, they were running what? 85, 80 miles an hour lap times, and now they're running 160 mile an hour lap times. So it it was never built to go as fast as they are. It's really, really exciting. Yeah, it was, and it was great to be there. Can't wait for the Southern 500. Too bad it's not throwback weekend there. I always like throwback Southern 500. Switching a complete 180 from best race to worst race. We're going to start off with Chrissy this time. Chrissy. Okay, so typically I don't really ever hate a race because I know a lot of people can say a race sucked if their driver didn't do well or the finish was not what they expected. But uh, kind of a controversial maybe thought is that um, maybe the Daytona 500 might have been the worst race because I was there. Think of it. The the delay. It was, is it going to be delayed? Is it going to be tomorrow? Is right. it going to be tonight? We waited, I believe it was five, five and a half hours. Just about that. We yeah. in our car with our kids for two two hours and they didn't know there was nothing telling us they were going to get this thing in. Our kids were getting cranky. We were like, okay, they're going to push this tomorrow. They always do. Well, then when they came back, it's late. The drivers probably lost a lot of their steam that, you know, the adrenaline of starting the day 2500 wore off. They're tired. That there was single file racing. There's not really the whole time because there was a big lap at lap 15. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, Matt. The thing that hurt the Daytona 500, yeah, the delay was terrible from a TV perspective and from a fan perspective if you were there. But the thing that really hurt the 500 was the 14 car wreck on lap 14 uh, that took out a ton of heavy hitters. And so that played a major impact on how the remainder of that race played out because you didn't have the tight draft that you would normally have if you had a complete 40 car field. Yeah. At Talladega, that doesn't seem to make as much a difference because of the handling, but after 15 laps at Daytona, they get strung out single file and then nobody yep. can get a run. Um, yeah. It was a boring race. Yeah. I'm going to caveat off of what Chrissy said. Cause I was there, not with her, met her there, but not yeah, with we her briefly. We met briefly, but I feel your pain. Although it wasn't my worst race. The worst race I would have to say is Circuit of the Americas. Mm. A Formula Formula One built specific track for NASCAR. No track limits. They could just run off to run off. There was no track limits there. And if Preston were here, he'd agree with me 100% on this. I'm kind of speaking on him. The The rain didn't help. However, I think NASCAR learned a lot for racing in the rain that race. It was just a kind of a cluster all day. It was dangerous for Truex and uh, Cluster getting into that accident. That wasn't a good situation at all. Harvick. And Harvick, yeah. I mean, just chaos there. I think NASCAR learned a lot. And maybe Coda might. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want it to be back on the schedule again. I think they tried and then, okay, I'd like to, to see it in the dry. I thought the Xfinity race was very fun after it dried out. Well, I mean, the Xfinity race is always fun when Kyle Busch isn't racing in the Xfinity well, race. right, but I, it, it was so hard to give that a good evaluation. You know, I think NASCAR's learning when it comes to the rain. You know, you look at the Roval last year, which was a nightmare, and they made some improvements this year at Daytona Road Course because it was rainy. Yeah. I think they made some more improvements, but they've got to get some things still figured out. You know, we talked about on our show, and, and Travis and I disagree on this, but 
the whole you can come in and change tires before the race without a penalty ridiculous when you roll off pit road you better know what you want and travis disagrees with me and you know they went from slicks to reins and that kind of stuff so i think they're nascar still trying to figure it out and what they really have to do is is preston would tell you that even in formula one if it rains more than a certain rate they stop the race they don't race no matter what the rain if the visibility drops below a certain amount or there's standing water on the track they red flag it and nascar didn't do that and i think that was another reason that it was not a great race it was on my list as well I think we're kind of in agreement there, uh, yeah. Andrew, with that one. We're going to go to Deb here. What was your worst race? Or in your opinion, I hate to say worst race because, you know, like Chrissy said, you hate to say races are bad, but in your opinion. I hate to be super critical of any racing, but Coda, for sure, that was number one on my list. But then Atlanta was also mm. on my list. Yeah, if it wasn't for Blaney at the end, I think Travis is that your pick. It was, but I'm going to change mine. Oh, he's going to switch it up. <laughs> oh, is that is that why Deb, or did you have another reason why you disliked that race? Was it just cause- there was only 12 cars at the end on the lead lap? It just wasn't as exciting. And- well, don't worry, you get another one. Yeah, yeah. I'm not in the heat. Maybe even hotter, yeah. and the tires be. This is not one of my favorite tracks. It's just not very exciting. It seems like you get these. Cr- like maybe if it was not with the stages, maybe if they didn't have stages and they could be more of a gas mileage race or something like that, that maybe I'd like it more. Or if they put it back to the oval, it was in the nineties. Yeah. Or that, that dog leg. I, I hate to say it. Texas, Charlotte and Atlanta are three of my least favorite tracks because it just, you know, you can just get somebody that just kills it, you, you know? And, you know, we saw that in the 600, we saw that at Atlanta, you know, Texas has another race later because all-star race is kind of a crapshoot, but, those quad ovals, man, they, they're just not the most. I agree with you, Deb. They're not the best racing. Well, you can say that about any racetrack where a driver dominates. Kyle Larson at Sonoma. Well, yeah, this year. Just yeah, that's dominated. True. I mean, it doesn't matter if your car is out front but, and handling well. You're going to not be on the rail. Yeah, but I think with the Sonoma or something, it you know, there's offs. There's good racing in the pack. So even if one guy, like even Nashville this weekend, Larson stunk up the show, but there was a lot of action from 2nd to 20th. There was tons of action. Yeah. You, you know, whereas Atlanta, it was just like run around the wall and try not to blow a right front tire. With Nashville, yeah, the front maybe two or three were kind of consistent, but Austin Dillon was up to third at one point. And then if you look at it, like there were guys that were normally not great, like 25, maybe if they were lucky, got a top 25 in the top 20. Yeah, Suarez ran in the top 10. There was some... There was some decent action. Sorry, my husband was there and he said he's not sure if it was on TV, but there was a lot of battling going on even in the very back, too. Like more so than normal. Sometimes back there they just ride around, but he said it was pretty. TV was focused on Larson the whole time, I feel. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I I was two points and then we can move on. But one is I would encourage fans, if you've never been to a NASCAR race, go to a race because a lot of times you see the top. 10 top 15 on TV, but there are battles all throughout the field. And sometimes the best battles are for 25th. I wish NASCAR still did that thing that they did a few years ago where you could watch an animated version of any driver because you could go back in the field and watch those battles. You don't have a way to do that anymore. I remember that. Yeah. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then the other thing I'll say, I think you're going to see some changes at Atlanta in the next couple of years. There's a proposal for them to build a casino on the property. That's the reason they got a second date. And I think you're going to see a major track reconfiguration. So it's like a California did maybe not that drastic, but you may see it go. You you may see a short track. You also may see it go back to its original configuration um, before 1997 when they repaved it last. Um, But it's time that they do something. That track is going to come apart and somebody is going to have a really bad day at some point. And if it rains, you can forget it. They're not going to run that. All right. I think that just leaves Mike unless anybody else has anything to say about that. What you got, Michael? Yeah, that, that does leave me. So, uh, worst race uh, for me uh, was Charlotte. Uh, I thought it was just a snooze fest. And that's why I haven't been to a race in Charlotte in in years. Um, because once, if you, a lot of green flag racing, it's just, it's boring. Uh, I just don't like it. And then Kyle Larson ran, uh, led, what, uh, 600 out of 300 laps. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was just, it was the Kyle Larson show. That's not Kyle Larson's fault. It's just, yeah, that's just the way it happens at Charlotte. Uh, I went to the, the last time I went to the 600 was, I don't know, maybe 12, 14 years ago. And I was a Gordon fan. And Gordon got wrecked to like at lap 60. And I was like, I don't know. Sorry, you guys. I'll believe it. It's good. It's good. Gordon got wrecked on lap 60. And I was just, man, uh, where's, the, where's the beer? Let me, beer man. <laughs> so, you know, for that reason, I would have to go with Charlotte. Uh, Coda was a close second. Uh, that was just a, um, yeah, that wasn't, wasn't I enjoyed it because it was new and I'd love to, I want to give Coda a second chance when it's dry, because I think that could be a lot of fun for the drivers and the viewers when it's dry. They just, they just got terrible luck with the rain. Um, and I think if the rain happens again, the way it happened, I think they'll handle it better. Um, as Andrew alluded to, I think they'll handle that situation a little bit better. It was just those guys should have been running. Somebody no. could have died. Somebody almost did die. And, it, and then Kurt Busch yeah. had the best save of the year. Yes. Oh, yeah. That, now, that, that was a positive. We got to see that that whole threading of the needle. Um, but, yeah, Charlotte, just I enjoyed the Xfinity race. The Xfinity race was good. I was there for that. There was more of a break. It wasn't as strung out. And a Ty, Ty Gibbs won that race, but he really had to – earn that win he got he went to the back twice for different reasons and had to run his way through up through that so but you didn't have that situation in the cup race so long answer short question charlotte moving on and the 600 just real quick three of the last seven races have seen somebody lead more than 300 of the 400 laps that's a race that it just becomes that but i also believe that don't 
Atlanta and Charlotte use the low horsepower package. Yeah, the 550. Yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, gosh, they got to get away from that. Well, I think I, that's I, one reason you're seeing some of that too. There, it's, there's it's, a question it's, coming up about the Gen 7 car and its predictions yeah. here coming up here soon. So we're, I think we'll hit that. We'll talk about it there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Matt, let me just let me just throw in one more honorable mention. Yeah. Richmond. Um, Richmond used to be one of the better short tracks on the schedule because, you know, you still had your beating and banging, but yet guys could run two and three wide. Now you got to hunt the bottom. Now you got to hunt the bottom. And it's just, I don't know what they've done or what they can do, but Richmond is not what it used to be. And that was not a very good race. I liked it a lot better when they ran at night. Um, they ran it during the day in the spring because they said it pr- provides better racing. I haven't seen that. And so I think it needs to go back to both races being at night. But we, 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 got, we were reminded all of a sudden of who Alex Bowman was. Uh, that was cool for him. That's true. That great. That's true. But that was only because of a, a pit stop. He would not have won yeah. that race had it not and been Sheldon, for that pit stop. Sheldon the crew wouldn't have won the title last year either had it been for some weird situation. That's that's racing. And last last thing, Matt, I know we need to move on, but no, we got all the time second, in the world. My second one that I Bristol Dirt, we were there. The first segment was great. The first half of the segment segment was great. And then it was garbage for the rest of the race because nobody could see. Mm-hmm. The sun was a problem. There was too much dust and the track was starting to just. It, too dry. I think, dry yeah, I think if they did like a halftime break, we talked about this one after that race. If there was a way they'd like spent 45 minutes and really wet the track down. And I think yeah. that's a cool, I think that's a cool idea. I think they should keep it. I think it's a neat spectacle. I think it's going to be though a lot like uh, Preston might say Monaco where it's cool to go to. It's fun to experience. Neat to see these guys with 700 horsepower on dirt but it's not going to be the best racing per se right, you know right. but it's still going to be a great fun experience it was still awesome to be there but i don't think the second half of that race was as good as it could have been so my proposed nationals were better because they had multiple breaks in between the yep. yeah. yeah it was a lot better experience from what i've heard i did not get as dirty as i anticipated at the dirt nationals hmm and there was great visibility. There was not a time where I could not see what was going on on the track. Yeah, we sat yeah. It going into turn three, and you could not see turn one with the dust. My uh, proposal for Bristol Dirt is simple. Flip-flop Coda and Bristol Dirt. Run Coda in April. Run Bristol or in late March, early April. Run Bristol Dirt in May. Run Bristol Dirt at night. And I think you'll have a much better race. I, yeah. I almost uh, thought you were about March. to say... Uh, Put dirt on Coda. Flip this mm, Coda. That, that would have been great. Oh, like seven miles of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Road America. Oh, oh, oh that's Road America. Oh, one miles. That's my bad. That's my bad. All right, moving on here. Great discussion so far. I'm loving it. Yeah, what race are you most looking forward to throughout the remainder of the season? I believe is the question. That's it. What race are you looking forward to throughout the remainder of the season? I'm going to start off with Andrew. But well, you it's not Atlanta in July. Um, <laughs> I honestly, I think it was a genius move to make Daytona a cutoff race. Yes. I know a lot of racing purists are going to say, you know, you can get knocked out. But, you know, we saw uh, we saw Harvick knocked out of the last round of the playoffs last year at a non-Daytona track just because he had some bad finishes. So, you know, if you are, you know, I think it's going to add some excitement. You know, you can have guys that can steal a win. I mean, can you imagine, let's say there's 
14 winners going into Daytona. You've got two guys that can make it on points unless somebody sneaks in like Michael McDowell and wins. And now one of those guys, I mean, I think it's going to be a really dramatic race. Um, I think it's going to be fun to watch. Um, and I th- think having it later is going to hopefully mean that the weather's better because, you know, the July race, it's always, you'll get those afternoon thunderstorms and stuff in Florida. So, you know, uh, we'll see, but Daytona for me, Mike, for some of the same, same reasons, Martinsville, um, we're going to be able to go there, but having that race as the last race before the final four, I think it's going to add a, just a, a whole lot of intrigue to that. But to Andrew's point, you could say, well, what about the guys that don't run well at, you know, short tracks? Well, what track do you, what track do you make that race? What, what I mean, what the the mile the mile and a halfs? Well, okay, that doesn't. I think we saw last year that is a champion that does not make. Uh, so I'm excited to see Martinsville. I think it's a good test of endurance, skill. Uh, the the team's got to perform on pit road, and I believe it's going to be at night. We didn't get to go see that last year, so I'm super excited uh, to see uh, what's going to happen in Martinsville. And I think that it's going to be wide open going into that. And it's going to be an exciting, exciting night. In, they actually moved in it, Virginia. They actually moved it back to a day race because NBC. I'll wants have it. to make a call and change that back again. <laughs> the mothership wants it, so they moved it to a day go, race. Go ahead and call the mic and, and change that. We'll so get Clay on the phone. Yeah, That's the Clay. dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> they always they put stuff on, and they wonder why. Well, why can't we get anybody to watch it? Because you had the daggum thing in the middle of the day when people are doing stuff. Well, and you and, know, having and it that night, race, and it's much more. The cars are prettier, they're shinier, and people are home watching TV. It's because it's because they don't want to compete against their own Sunday night football. Sunday night football, and plus the kids. Nobody's watching football, and plus the drivers have to go home and take their kids trick or treating because it is Halloween. We do Halloween at the track. That's what I say. No, I mean, I that's like okay. that. Yeah. Seth throwing footballs, throw, throw tootsie rolls. Michael and I will sit out there and, you know, come here, Haley. We got candy. <laughs> Let's I'm not, not do that. I, I, I'm like not going to be a big fan of that. <laughs> Travis. Call me Dr. Love. Bring that candy over here. All right. Back, o- back over here. Travis. Race you're looking more looking forward to. I am going to go. Michael stole mine. So to be different, I'm going to go with another race that we're going to, and I'm going to go with the Bristol night race Mm. in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to be there, which is fun. And I don't know, Bristol under the lights, just it's, it's different. There's always action and there's just something about being at Bristol. Bristol was one of those places when I was younger and first became a NASCAR fan. I was like, oh gosh, I'll never get to Bristol because there's a hundred year wait list. It's like Lambeau Field. And, you know, now, gosh, how many times have we been to Bristol, boys? A bunch. This is a fifth year. Yeah, several years around. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Bristol's always exciting and it doesn't matter, you know, what happens or who wins because, you know, it's one of those tracks, as Larry McReynolds says. You leave your feelings at the gate when you get there because they're going to get hurt at some point yeah. during the weekend. And a lot of people in the industry that we've been fortunate enough to work uh, to talk to this year, that's their favorite race. Yeah, yes. it is. You know, yes. so it's not just the fans, but, but yep. a lot of people, drivers, crew chiefs, crew people, engine guys, love Bristol. And I think Bristol night. And I think you're going to see a pile of people there, which is going to be awesome. Uh, Deb, how about you? I will be there. Yep, I'll I'll, I'll be there too. Awesome. I, I yeah, actually party. Got rid of my Richmond season tickets and switched them to Bristol after my very first Bristol weekend. There you and go. Nice. That is also the race that I'm looking forward to. And you've not been to the night race before? No, I, no, I go every year. 
Oh, you do go. Gotcha. You just didn't have season tickets. Okay. No, I didn't have season tickets till about three years ago. Got it. Got it. And okay. then when Richmond started playing the, oh, we're going to switch this race to a day race. Oh, we're going to switch this race to night race. This is going to be this. I Which is like, a shame oh, because that facility is gorgeous. That facility is, is great. I love, them. I love the people that work there. Richmond is fantastic and it is absolutely nothing on the facility or how they have things set up. I was in Richmond Nation and had fan zone passes the last last couple times I've been there. The fan zone there is unbelievable, beautiful. It's set up wonderfully. Raj area is beautiful. Dennis Bickmeyer and that whole team did an amazing job with that track. It's just not as exciting for me compared to Bristol. Yeah. And they fall very close on the schedule. And just, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, it's almost like it was back in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, you had short track season. You had Bristol Martins on Richmond in three weekends in a row. The and, only advantage to the Richmond fall race is that now they've changed it where you get an Xfinity Cup doubleheader on that Saturday, which is nice. That's kind of cool. Yeah, but if the racing is like it was in April, you know. Well, I liked it when they when there was practice and qualifying, and I could spend all day Friday in the garage, mm-hmm. and then Saturday before the race, I could get there early and I could tailgate and enjoy myself that day. Yeah. You got to see everybody. You got to see Xfinity and Cup when they practiced on Friday, and then Saturday I used as the day that I drank. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. It sounds like a great plan. Uh, Chrissy, what do you what are you most looking forward to? Um, definitely Daytona in August. Um, again, mm-hmm. my home track, so I love Daytona. Is beautiful. Gives me goosebumps every time I get I go there, and especially at night. And it's just the racing is going to be incredible, like it always is at the end of the season at Daytona. I was also going to say Bristol too because I think it'll be fun to see how they race on the pavement after being there dirt first. Because yeah. normally it's both pavement so we'll see and of course i'm always a fan of watkins Glen because it's my other home track since i'm from new york so oh very yeah. nice only been there once so aj allmendinger win but i'm gonna go off for of chrissy and say home track darlington southern 500 you can't beat the atmosphere at the southern 500 a crown jewel event i'll be there along with bristol dirt or bristol night race i should say and martinsville with you guys at blind spotting but can't be darlington to me but all good answers and now what was your biggest surprise of the season thus far? Uh, start off with Chrissy this time. We can kind of sat around there patiently waiting for a while. We'll start off with you again, Chrissy. What, okay. uh, My biggest surprise is Hendrick. In me, it's Hendrick versus SHR in a sense that mm-hmm. Hendrick is having this incredible success and SHR is kind of on the opposite end. And right. normally see it kind of it like flop last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So to me, that is a whole, I mean, obviously Kyle Larson's massive surprise, but also is he really his talent though? It's kind of, could be debated, but I just think how that one team is so successful and the other is just, that's kind of my surprise. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to agree with you there. I mean, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And, and, but instead of Stuart Haas racing, I think you got to kind of look at Joe Gibbs racing in place of mm-hmm. Stuart Haas in the mm-hmm. in the sad sense because by this point at last season, Stuart Haas or Joe Gibbs racing was leading the wins with five. Now Hendrick is leading to this point in this season with eight. I and all four have won for them. And, and all four Here's have won thing. from. But SHR, the only person holding that team up right now is Harvick because you've got uh, Briscoe. Here, I've got it written down here. Hold yeah, on. Briscoe, Almirola, and Custer. They're in like the, as far as points go, you've got, oh God, I have it all written down. I had it. Okay. So Harvick is eighth in points right yep. now. And then you've got Briscoe, Custer, and Almirola, 26th, 27th, and 28th. Yeah, Joe's but- Racing has a couple wins. Denny's surprisingly not one, but. Three of the drivers out of the four have wins. But doesn't Briscoe get a pass? I mean, he's a rookie. It's a big jump to go from the Xfinity Series, where I know he won nine races last year, and to even the Cole Cup Custer. Series. And even Cole Custer, he won a he won a fluke race at Kentucky last well, year. Well, but he still won. He, he manhandled that he, race. He did, but had it not been for that late restart, he right. would not have won. But he he didn't back into that. He won no. the opportunity. But they both have had rookie seasons under pandemic, you know, and I so... I can give a pass to Briscoe for his rookie season. I totally get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think... And, even, and Briscoe yeah. up until towards the end in Sunday with practice and qualifying was doing very well. Man, much better. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it was. Until they had that break fit. Well, didn't they have a break failure as well as the 41? They it both would, did. It would be easier to tell you who didn't have a break failure. Yeah. Fair. But you know I, who didn't? The four. Those guys, yeah. you know, I mean, they just, they just know how to manage equipment. And, yeah. and I, I don't know how much that's Rodney and Kevin. Some of it's probably a little bit of luck, but if you look at the veteran drivers, a lot of them figured out how to manage their brakes before they came apart in pieces. Yep. Right. Well, I mean, I think my biggest surprise out of Stuart Haas, now that we're kind of talking about Stuart Haas, is Eric Almirola. Last mm-hmm. year, by this point, 12.882 average finish. This year, mm-hmm. doubled at 24.059. Not just for him, but Cole Custer, now average finish of 21.9. Kevin Harvick, 11.2. And though we give him a pass, Chase Briscoe, 21, that team has went from where Hendrick is now, like Chrissy said, to everybody scratching their head. What happened to Stuart Haas? I think Travis has the answer. What is it we always say about Stuart Haas? What did they lose with that fender flare rule? They lost 70 counts of downforce. And And they haven't been able to get – we had Rodney Childers on uh, several – before the season even started, and he wasn't sure what kind of season they would have. But once the season got started, I heard several interviews with him, and he just keeps harping on the fact that they lost 70 counts of downforce. Now, they're not making excuses, but that has played a massive role in why they're struggling. And you got to remember with that low horsepower package, you don't have as many options because it's all about momentum. And if you don't have downforce in the corners, it's going to kill lap time. So where they were really dominant last year on the mile and a half, two mile ovals with the lower horsepower packages there, it's even, it's a double whammy. Yeah. Right. 
Right. I have to agree with that. And that is definitely a factor. I think I'd like you guys alluded on your last episode when talking to blind spotting is all going to be water under the bridge. Come to introduction of the gen seven car. Deb, who do you think what's been your biggest surprise thus far this season? I said McDowell and Bell winning. Hmm. Yeah. Bell, yeah. I can see not as soon as he did. McDowell winning was pretty surprising to me. Yeah, yeah, it um, was. Especially considering they're underfunded teams, front row. And Bell, I can see him winning. I just didn't expect it to be as soon in the season as it happened. Right. Well, and I think he was a rookie last year. Again, three quarters of which no practice, no qualifying. Yeah. And Joe Gibbs has... We've said before, you said, Matt, not run particularly well this year. And if you had asked me at the beginning of the season who would have more wins, Denny Hamlin or, or Christopher Bell, I certainly wouldn't have picked a 20 car. No, I wouldn't have either. No, but I'll say this, and I said this before the season started. Christopher Bell has to win. Toyota has cleaned house for him. He has to win. And so I actually think it's a disappointment that he's only won one race to, won one race to this point he needs to win more because you know they got rid of eric jones they got rid of daniel suarez i mean or the, or he's got to make the the elite eight in the know, playoffs yeah they've basically they got rid of kenseth i mean it's it's ridiculous well yeah. kenseth was 108 years old well i get it but don't put somebody up on a pedestal until you know they can get the job done. And thus far, he hasn't really proven other than the win at Daytona that he can get the job done. Ooh. Yeah. So it'll be an interesting debate this time next year with Cindric when he's in the two car. I think he'll struggle as well. Mm-hmm. Unless the Benedetto goes to the two car. Yeah, I wish. Nah, that's not uh, happening. I'm afraid that's he's Whoa. either going to stay in the we'll, 21. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in predictions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. We Did we do Andrew? No, I didn't. I was just, uh, mine's real quick. I think we all expected Kyle Larson to run well. I don't think we expected him to be the dominant force. Yeah. Uh, especially looking at the fact that you had Bowman winning last year, making the playoffs. You had Byron making the playoffs. You had Elliott as the champion. You know, it wasn't a dominant season for Elliott, but he still had four wins and figured out how to dom- you know, to win at Phoenix. I don't think anybody expected Larson to come in and be the you know, the standard bearer for Hendrick. I mean, this is a streak that we haven't seen since what? Harry Gant, really. <laughs> I mean, that's right. September, you know, September of 1991, 1991 or four straight races where he's won. Now, one of them was, I get it, is a, is a, is, is not a points race, but I, I didn't expect to see, I expected him to have a couple wins by the end of the year. I didn't expect him to be basically the odds on favor for the title. How about you, Mike? So biggest surprise, I, again, I think it's the dominance of Larson, not a surprise that, that he's competitive, um, but just the way he's running. Um, you guys have mentioned the lackluster perform, performance from Stuart Haas. Uh, Ross Chastain has been a nice surprise. Of like, he's finished second. He ran well at Coda. Uh, at Coda, um, he's just um, an up and comer, bright spot for the Ganassi team. Not that Kurt Busch isn't a thing. It's just uh, Chastain has really shown me a lot. I've enjoyed watching him drive that car. And um, Tyler Reddick is thirteenth in points, but he's shown flashes, especially early in the season, where you know you can see that guy getting into that upper echelon of drivers. So, uh, yeah, I, I, not that it's a surprise. He was very successful at the Xfinity level. But, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, Chastain and Reddick are surprises for me how well they run at times. They just need to get more consistent. Uh, so those those would be my two, along with, obviously, uh, Larson's dominance and the Stuart Haas just falling off the table. Hang on, Travis, did you give yours? Whoa. No. Oh. Whoa. Um, 
Michael, did you leave me anybody? 99 car. Um, yeah, no, yeah. that's what I was going to go with. I was going to go with track house racing. I mean, and they're, what? and they're also my, um, my biggest overachiever as well, but we'll get to that. But here's a team started by Justin Marks, who owns GoPro Motorplex here in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Pitbull, Mr. 305. Worldwide. Worldwide, yep. And, you know, they're they're doing things differently. You know, they're not going out and signing these multi-million dollar sponsors, but they're competing and beating teams that I didn't think they had a chance to beat coming into this season. You know, I knew they had an alliance with RCR, but, you know, sometimes these alliances don't work out exactly the way that you think they're going to. Um, But this team has really impressed me, and I I look for bigger and better things for them the second half of the year. And I'm I'm happy for Daniel Suarez. You know, I hope that he gets a chance Mm -hmm. to stay in that car for several years. I think he got a raw deal at JGR. I think he got a raw deal at SHR and didn't really, wasn't really given the time to gel with his team and to prove what he could do in a race car. And I hope that he gets that chance. At People Trackhouse. forget Xfinity champion and gets moved up to the cup series because Edwards just walks retired away. in That's 2016 yeah. or and after the 2016 season. And I think you talk about alliances. Let's, let's do a little bit of comparison. The 43 team also has an alliance with Richard Childress racing and yep. Trackhouse as a new team is kicking their butt every week. And I don't <laughs> think you can discount the fact yeah. that, uh, Childers and Hendrick have merged engine departments yep. this year. And that's, that's where all the Chevys are getting all of their engines. And that has made a huge impact on how Chevy's running. Very much so. Okay, biggest disappointment. We're going to start off with Deb here. Disappointments of the season thus far. Stuart Haas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Next. Hamlin. Hamlin, okay. Uh Despite being the points leader, he hasn't won. He's yeah. only up by 10 now. I yeah. must say yeah. this, though. In in Hamlin's defense, and this was going to be on my predictions for the champion, but I'm going to give it away now. Back in 2019, Matt Crafton won the Truck Series Championship without a win. Yes. Proven that in this emphasis of win format that NASCAR implemented, you don't need to win. Matt Crafton proved that consistency can beat wins if done right. I don't think yeah. you'll see but that. But I'm, I'm, I, I agree. I mean, I expected, I think every one of us here on this panel expected Hamlin to have at least two, maybe three wins by this point in the season. Yeah. Easily. I think, I think he could get one this weekend. I think he could get two this weekend. <laughs> he might double up. Yeah, I think he's 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 on my short list for this weekend. Yeah, Pocono was his. That was his first, first win. win. First win. win. Yeah. After going through the grass. Didn't yeah. he sweep that? Year two as a rookie? Yes. As yeah, a rookie. He did. Yeah. As a rookie. Mm-hmm. Swept Pocono. Yeah, okay, so. Which driver has won it all three levels at Pocono? Oh, gosh. Oh, Pocono told us this. Keselowski? Nope. Bob, Bob Keselowski had a lot of success in the truck, or uh, in ARCA. Who was it? Kyle Busch. Oh, no. Okay. Shocker. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> no, I, I asked the question. I mean, I don't is know. It, which is interesting because well, Xfinity that. used to never run there. Yeah, they've it, only run only run there a little bit. Years. I'm, yeah. Yeah. So but, uh, anyway, that, Deb, great yeah. answers. I think everybody's. I think in agreement with you, Hamlin and Stuart Haas. Very good, short to the point. Love it, Deb. What do you think? Biggest disappointment of the year, Chrissy. Chrissy? <laughs> biggest okay, disappointment um, of the year. My biggest disappointment is Eric Almarola because yeah. just a couple of years ago he was having a stellar year after he got put in the tank car, uh, made it to 
the playoffs. And it's just like the past two years, he's just progressively. I think that's a team that obviously needs practice. I, well, yeah. I, I think that yeah. goes in hand in hand with you mm-hmm. and your co-host there, Dev. I mean, Stuart Haas just, you know, everybody's throwing their yeah. hands, scratching their heads. Like what's going on with them? Yeah. I mean, Amarola is 20, like I said, he's 28 in points. And normally we see him a little, just a little bit higher than that. Yeah. And, but he did win the, uh, the duel that are one of the, the all-star all-star yeah. open and a duel. Yeah. Won a duel yeah, that's yeah. true. But yeah. also there was a, like a quarter of the field on the track and then they did inversion. So it's like, is it really, I was yeah. just looking for a He positive. ran well this weekend <laughs> for a while. Yeah, he I like him. He's so like well this weekend. I do like yeah. him. I'm just yeah. saying it's really just. Oh, yeah. Maybe he's eating too much Smithfield bacon there, slowing him yeah. down there. Travis. He needs to eat He's a very slender man. He's a very yeah, he, real. He's, he's a skinny he's dude. Maybe that's what he needs to do. Eat he, more of his products. He needs to bulk up a little. Travis, what do you got? Like Tony Stewart? I'm going to go Chip Ganassi Racing. I, I know, you know, they have, to me, that team has not run well since Jamie McMurray was in the 42 car. And I just believe, I don't believe, I may get ridiculed for this comment. I don't believe that Chip puts all of his resources that he should into his NASCAR program. And I believe that you see the results on the track reflect that. He's busy repairing Jimmy Johnson's IndyCar. Well, and I will say, I will say this, you know, everybody was excited when Ross Chastain finally got that ride, but I had uh, tempered expectations in that, Every cup race he'd ever run was in a backmarker team like a Rick Ware or a uh, or, or a premium motorsports or one of those teams. He, he hasn't run that well. Now, he has the last few weeks, but I need to see more before I, um, you know, before I declare that he's ready and going to battle for wins. Um, and then Kurt Busch, Matt McCall, we've had him on our on our podcast that team just continues to shoot themselves in the foot, whether yep. it's mechanical failures, whether it's blown tires, loose wheels, whether it's a bad pit call um, strategy wise, it, it, it's, it's always something with that team. So my biggest disappointment is definitely Chip Ganassi racing. I mean, compared to last year, they're not running as well as they were, but it could be worse. Well, could be. well I will say that, yeah, <laughs> that Matt True. Kenseth didn't do a whole heck of a lot of job in that 42 either. No, and they've already made a crew chief change on the 42 car with uh, Phil Surgeon now the crew chief. Of course, that was done several, several weeks ago, but that hasn't really helped. But, hey, we have the second half of the season to see where things go. Mm-hmm. That's the way I see yeah. it. Mike. Yeah. Coda, uh, but that's not Coda's fault. That's the brain's fault. Um, I would have alluded to that earlier. Uh, Austin Dillon, uh, disappointed yeah. in that young man after last season. He really finished strong, and I was expecting more out of him. Again, flashes, but he. I went from not really caring about Austin Dillon or for Austin Dillon very much at all. He drove the dog poop out of that car at the end of the season last year, and it just didn't carry over for him for whatever reason. Uh, but, Matt, to your point, we're only halfway through the season. Getting outrun um, by Reddick on a weekly basis. Now, not necessarily well, the finishes, but well, actually, I have something here that he's actually run two thousand, like two thousand, almost three hundred um, laps in the top fifteen, and Reddick's actually only run about twenty one hundred laps in the top. Oh, 15. really? That's interesting. Yeah, Dylan is eleventh. Um, he's eleventh in the points, but just I'm just saying, right? Disappointing. That he didn't continue the come, way he ended the year. the way he ended the year. Like, he was knocking on the door. Like He almost he, made the final right four. Yeah. He's right there. So, and then I had Al Marola as well. But uh, that's already been mentioned. So, those are those are my disappointments. All right. I think that was everybody, right? 
I didn't go, but I was going to say okay. Harvick, so we right. already covered well, that. Okay, so Harvick for Andrew and me. It isn't a driver. It isn't a team. Schedule. Seven road courses on the schedule. Unlike Chrissy, don't like road courses. I went to Watkins Glen and saw the cars drive by on the front stretch and watched it on TV the rest of the time. It's not a big mm-hmm. thing for me. I like the Roval. Keep the Watkins mm. Glen. Keep the Roval. Keep Sonoma. We don't need the Daytona road course because it's within the it's within the oval. As I, well. I think I, Road well, America is going to be a good race. Chrissy, you were at Daytona road course one time, right? Was that a good road course to it go was. to? It was definitely more exciting than I was expecting because mm-hmm. we had the road course. I can't remember if we had practice or not for the first one. I don't believe we did, but we did, I think for the five, like the 500 or not the 500. I'm sorry. The following weekend. I just, I really enjoyed seeing it. I just liked the different type of action on road okay. courses versus overall the strategy. So for me, it's fun because you can actually see a lot more of the field too, because they're so sometimes it can be so spread apart that you can see a lot. Only thing we couldn't see from where we were was just the last little um, chicane before. Right. Folks, going to take a quick break from the show here and remind everyone out there about In the Marbles online store at Teespring. Now, you can find all your In the Marbles gear, such as T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, iPhone cases, cell phone cases, and so much more. So everyone, whether you're at the NASCAR track or local short tracks, that you are a fan and avid listener of In the Marbles. All purchases will help In the Marbles bring you more content in the future. If you head over to InTheMarbles.net under the Merch tab, You'll find the link to see Teespring, or if you go to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles, you can find it there as well. And from now till the end of June, if you use discount code TROPHY, earn 20% off your entire order. Again, that's discount code TROPHY, 20% off your entire order. Go over to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles and check it out. Switching to the biggest news story of the year, what would be the biggest news story in all of y'all's opinion? I'm going to start off with Chrissy. Biggest news story thus far in 2021. Um, I'm going to go with something that I think is big. It may not be the biggest to everyone, but I like the track house story. Suarez has been having a great year with them. I think they've been showing a lot of potential and the backing from Pitbull um, and Justin Marks has been phenomenal. You can see all the support. They genuinely love doing what they're doing and i look forward to seeing it grow all right yeah i look forward to seeing you too they're having a great year deb what about you biggest news story i had the charter issues because which was partially started for me by track house and the fact that they won't have a charter next year because of the sale and the fact that they're only left at least one for one year i think that's going to be interesting to see unfold who gets a charter who doesn't who sells and who keeps I think that there's Travis, you, a lot. You had a thought on that. I thought that was yeah. interesting. So we already know that Colleg Racing has bought two charters from Spire, Spire Motorsports. Thank you. Uh, th- they have purchased two of their three. So, you know, that's the thing. Like, you don't, nobody knows how many charters each team's going to have next year because the buying, the selling, the leasing. And then the fact you look at the 51 car, the fact, I know they ran well this weekend, but Cody Ware wasn't in the car. Um, JJ, uh, Yaley was the fact that NASCAR can revoke that charter at the end of the season because if they continue on the trajectory that they're on, they will be 
in the bottom three for three consecutive seasons, which gives NASCAR the right to revoke that chart. Now, the question is, will they? They should because there's a bunch of people that want to come in that are going to be competitive or at least more competitive than Rick Ware Racing, which isn't hard to do. To do. Um, I mean, it's one thing It's one thing to run 36th every week, but they are a lap down 20 laps into a race. Yeah. I mean, it... it I understand somebody's always going to be the bottom. I mean, that's the way it's been since the history of the sport. But but they're not – all four of those cars are equal and equally bad. Yeah. And he's got one-ninth of all the charters, which is ridiculous. He's got as many as Hendrick or Gibbs. Yeah, and doesn't run good at all. Um, and I know that's harsh, but it's it's true. And, um, you know, I, the, the interesting thing for me – what is the cost of a charter? Because the the price is going up. Sounds like it's about eight figures. Yeah, eight. Yeah, eight, eight figures. Um, who can afford one? You know, do we see uh, Roush Fenway Keselowski? Do we see them start a third team? Do we see? You know, who who starts another team? And remember, isn't Ryan Priest running without a charter? Ryan Priest is running without a charter, without manufacturer support, and without a contract for next year. And unless they've made a decision and haven't publicized it yet, their sponsorship, they only had 26 races worth of sponsorship. So it'll be interesting to see what that team decides if if they've run well enough to continue for the rest of the season. I think the biggest news story is Brad Keselowski going over to Roush Fenway Racing. I agree, Matt. I agree. And what the dominoes that that's going to cause. Could this be another Stuart Haas Racing? Could he be yeah. the next owner-driver switching to owner status here soon? I think that's going to be the biggest thing. What's going to happen to Newman? I think he's going to personally retire at the end of 2021. Who's going to go into that two-car? That's all silly season stuff. But Brad Keselowski going over possibly to the six-car I think he's going to bring. What's Kevin Harvick going to do next year? That's what I'd like to know. Is is he going to come back and race the next uh, gen car? Is he going to hang it up? He's he's, got a contract. He's got a contract through twenty twenty three. Kyle Busch said he was only going to race through one hundred wins in Xfinity. Um, So I'd like to see if Harvick is going. What he's going to do? I'd like to see if Larson can continue the run that he's doing, and see if he finishes off with a title. Will, Will that happen? I think that's going to be a big story. Will he stay hot? Will somebody else take the crown? I'd like to see. And then you've already mentioned uh, what is uh, Keselowski going to do. And what you what you don't hear much about is Logano, but he's in there, man. He's lurking. He's lurking. Where What's going to happen to Logano? I think we're going to see him sneak into the final four at the end. He, he can't ever count that guy. Yeah. There's just a lot of different cool things that uh, that we might see. It just It's hard to pin it down just to, just to one. Right? I think Ford, Matt, you hit on something. I think Ford has... Two drivers in their mid forties, with Harvick and Newman. Newman, yeah. You've got guys that potentially could have some talent with Custer and and you know Cendric and um, oh the fourteen Briscoe. You got Matty D thrown in there. It'll be interesting to see how Ford yeah. manages all of this. The one thing that they don't have to worry about though is they don't have any drivers in the Xfinity series. <laughs> they don't have but what two cars? Yeah, they got Riley Herbst and Cendric. And Riley Herbst is not able to keep the nose pointed in the, the straight direction most uh, most weeks. So after Cendric moves up, they're going to have, I don't know what they're going to do. So if if the two, if the if Keselowski goes over to the six car and Re- Newman retires, they really, they're good. They don't have to, everybody can stay where they are. Everybody has a ride. 
Pretty much, yeah. I would have to agree with that. Okay, uh, so biggest news story, Mike or Andrew? Would that be yours? Yeah, yours, mine is yours. The same, uh, Matt. Right. Is, uh, yeah, and I agree. It might be another Stuart Haas. It will be interesting to see. You know, when those rumors first came out, what thirteen years ago with Tony, it was kind of like, oh boy, he's buying in. He's buying in. It will be interesting to see the deal that Brad gets. I mean, Gene Haas gave Tony half of his team, right. and it will be interesting to see if that's happening with in some stake with Roush. Way or if he's got you know if he's buying in because I think those are different. Oh, Keselowski has managed his own team. He knows what it takes to be successful. I think he's going to bring immediate clout to that organization, and I think that he realizes that you know the twenty two is the top dog over at Penske now, and he can go and be you know the alpha male over at his own place. Um, right. I think I think that. Well, Travis tells us that he hears that this is a done deal, but uh, and, and it probably is. Yeah, it's a done deal. But what I think these, that, what is who are these insiders that you're speaking with, Travis? Adam Stern of the Sports Business Journal is one of them. Yeah. When did so, you, you talk to him? <laughs> uh, Twitter. Yeah. So oh. I think. So anyway, I think that I think it's going to be interesting um, to see how that all plays out. Like you said, Matt. Okay. So that was the biggest news stories, and now we're going to switch over biggest underachiever. Deb, how about you? Who's your biggest underachiever for 2021 thus far? Maddie D. Oh, mm, elaborate. One. Why is that? Just compare last season to this season. That team, they've tried everything. They've changed his crew chief at this point, and he's still not doing anything. You got to think. Some. I wonder if some of that is emotional, mental for him. I mean, it's just he gets so damn close, and it's just the curtain or the, the rug is just pulled. And then it's so, I imagine it's so hard to come back from that each time. It's, I mean, that was kind of a high point. What, what do you, I don't know what he did. after that. His cars are coming from Penske. There's yep. no reason for him not to be performing. Sure. Although look at the two car and the 12. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They haven't run that, that well. I mean, the 22 even yep. has been the, has not been dominating races like he normally does. I wonder if that whole four is hurt by this. Yeah, I still agree that that's a great pick. Yep. But I wonder if, you know, the whole Ford camp is just down. Yeah. SHR and Penske are just down. All right, what about you, Chrissy? That was a good one there, Deb. I like that one. That was on my list, but he didn't make my cut. Um, I'm going to go with Chris Busher. Last season, wow. he was really promising. He had some great finishes, solid runs, and it seemed like he was really doing well in the 17, and there was a lot of hope for him. Of course, COVID kind of messed with everybody. So, you know, whatever. Um, and then this season, he's kind of falling flat. So, Well, he's having a better season this season than he is last season. And I think Roush Racing's on kind of an upswing now. But, okay, well, I mean. Maybe. You know, <laughs> Maybe but, I was looking at a different stat. No, but, no, if it's your opinion, that's your opinion. Chris Busher, I mean, hit or miss, he's not really there. But sometimes he is. He's kind of like the Matty D. He's, yeah. he's kind of there, and then he's just gone. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I, it's also got to be hard. You know, last year he didn't really have a teammate because Ryan Newman was hurt and then he came back. And then I don't know how good of a teammate Ryan Newman is, but, you know, it's not like that car is running really well and he can learn no. from him. I mean, you got to remember Busher, again, another guy, the Xfinity champion, uh, beat out Chase Elliott that year to 15, 14, 15, whenever that was. And has never really been in dominant equipment. Um, so it'd be interesting to say, I, I like him. I think he's a good race car driver. I just, no, hopefully Rush Fenway can, can pick it up. Yeah, but that's a good one there, Chrissy. I like that because he's like the Benedetto. It's just, like I said, either there or not. What about you there, Travis? Biggest underachiever. We kind of mentioned him. I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski. You know, it seems like 
I know they won at Talladega, but it seems like ever since, and we, we this happens sometimes, it seems like when a driver is rumored to be going somewhere else or doing something different, the performance of that team automatically drops. And I think that's what you're seeing with Keselowski in the two car. Uh, I know that Penske's not running the greatest, but the 22 is running a lot better than the two. And so uh, Keselowski's my biggest disappointment. I mean, I'm going to just say as a Keselowski fan, uh, disagree. I think he's running right where he needs to be. But, hey, your opinion is your opinion. You're entitled to it. Keselowski not having the best of season. I'd say not having the worst of season. What about you there, Mike? Well, I'll go ahead and cover 2311 Racing. Uh, with this one, I'm going to say uh, Bubba Wallace. And, um, you know, I, I know that it's a, it's a, it's a first-year team, and I think the, the proof will definitely be in the pudding next year. It's kind of a put-up-shut-up year. But, you know, you come in, t- and I know that I appreciate the confidence that he had. And, but they've got a lot of resources over there. And, you know, you want to predict that you're going to win two races this season. You're, you haven't been close. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're going to make those bold predictions, then you need to step it up, big boy, and just focus on racing. And I know that you've got some other interests and other things going on. And I listen, I'm pulling for you, Bubba. I'd love to see you win a race. I think that'd be great. I think that'd be good for the sport. Um, I think that'd be very exciting. But so far, I just haven't been impressed. And so that's just been um, just underachieved. Maybe he's doing his best. I think we'll find out for sure next year. Yeah, and the fact that we're hearing rumors that they want to start a second team, I think they should figure out how to get one team running successfully before they begin starting a second team. And Kurt Busch has been rumored to be going to that second team. Um, But that's not confirmed under any stretch of the imagination but i just i don't know that that's the best idea at this point the only way i would disagree with that is if hamlin was the second team and decided to run his own stuff yeah totally agree but but if he's not and they're just going to start a second team then why do you with kurt bush how old's kurt bush uh, he's almost not that you can't run well when you're older. No, but I mean, it's it's not like a new guy with a bunch of sponsorships. Yeah, I mean, no. gosh, well, and that's that's, that's the, the other thing. Kirk brings monster. That's the other thing that we don't know. We don't know if they've got sponsors knocking down their doors and they just don't have the inventory on Bubba's car. That may be the other reason behind this. We don't know. Yeah. Um. Yep. But you know, that's something certainly to watch over the next because the decision's going to have to be made relatively soon. I would think. Because they got to make Gen Seven. Because they got to make Gen Seven cars and get parts and do all that, that sort of thing, and hire people. I mean, you're gonna run a, run a second team. You got to hire people. Well, I'm gonna go off of Mike here, and I want to get everybody's opinion on this because this this to me is a it's kind of like the kryptonite of NASCAR. Nobody wants to talk poorly about Bubba Wallace. Heaven forbid somebody talks bad about Bubba Wallace. All of a sudden, you're labeled as this and that. And you don't know what you're talking about. And, and here's my thing. Bubba Wallace, you want to like him. But you put down his numbers to a person who has no idea what racing is. And you explain to him what top fives are, what top tens are, and how it computes into the whole season. You put his numbers down next to a Brad Kislowski's, let's say. And you say, tell me which driver's better. And they have no idea what his race is, what his creed is, what his background is, and tell me who the best driver is. Everybody's going to say Kozlowski, or heck, even Eric Jones, the driver who replaced Bubba Wallace in that 43 car. But here's Corey the, LaJoy. Corey LaJoy. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, I would say Eric Jones is running about the same place that Bubba Wallace ran. Well, yeah. I got and the Eric stats. Eric Jones has, has I, demonstrated I, he's a much better driver 
than those statistics indicate. Well, I got the stats here. Last year at this time, Bubba Wallace was running 19, average finish of 19th. This year, average finish of 21st. And I'm going to take a little quote from what Deb said from the Benedetto running Pinsky. He's running Joe Gibbs equipment. Yeah. He's running Joe Gibbs equipment in a team that's hyped up with Michael Jordan behind the helm, along with Denny Hamlin. And this year, Eric Jones, who replaced Bubba Wallace in that 43 car, is running one position better than him average in the season. Well, like I said, we'll sit next year. I, I think there's no more excuses next year. You've got a year under your belt. You've got all the resources in the world. Uh, the only excuse I can think of is what Travis alluded to. Why a second team and you can't even figure the first team out? No. Focus on the first team. That might be the excuse. Well, we got now we got to issues and stuff with the one team. So, we, you know, don't quit finding excuses for him. Either you. Maybe well, go down back down to expanding, race, race, race some more down there. And, and, then come and back Daniel Hamrick's doing we'll the same see. thing and showing great success. But here's my thing with the second team, and I want to get everybody's go or no go on this. If Kurt Busch, if the stars in line and Kurt Busch comes into 23-11 racing, it's going to do one of two things. And runs, Kurt Busch this is, and runs top fives, top tens, even with a win, it's going to expose Bubba Wallace as a subpar cup driver. For sure. Yeah, for if, I agree. If Kurt Busch comes but if Kurt Busch comes in, let me finish here. If Kurt yeah. Busch comes in and runs just as poorly as Bubba Wallace, it's going to expose 2311 as a subpar cup team. That's right. It makes I it it's a lose-lose situation. But I think it's a situation. But for who? It's a situation where Denny doesn't know what he has because he can't drive the 11 car and the 23 car. He can't do it at the same time. No. So maybe the reason is let's start a second team. Let's get a veteran in here. Let's see where we are. And let's see if our equipment stinks or if Bubba Wallace just can't get the job done. Yeah, and, and that's okay and, if he can't get the job done. How many countless okay. drivers have come yeah. in, been hyped up? I can name of probably maybe a Casey Kane who was hyped up so much to the point where yep. he's going to be the next big thing, and all of a sudden he just disappeared. He did. But yep. does it matter? What do you mean? Is Bubba bringing in enough sponsorship money that it's okay? I mean, like I that? think, I think that, Bubba, yeah. that comes into play here. That's it a, does. That's a great point. And I think, okay. I, I, I hate to say this, and I'm going to get ridiculed for this. I think the Bubba Wallace situation, he can run however he needs to run, is a lot like the Danica Patrick yes. situation. 100%. Oh, wow. I never you even know, thought of it like that. She, it's a lot like the Danica Patrick mm-hmm. situation. She had money. She had sponsorship. And it didn't really matter how well she ran because she was different. But but how many? I was sorry. I was going to say, Michael, how many people got exposure because their little girls started paying attention? Yeah. Y- yes. Well, I, I was going to go down. And yeah, not to mention that Danica had a pretty decent IndyCar career behind no, her. No, she did. Yeah. A she win. Did. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the sponsorship wise, to your to your point, Deb, it, it'll reach a point where, I mean, who was Danica's last sponsor? Yeah, when Nature's, she lost Nature's, Nature's Bakery, bakery and, they, they, and they went, went bankrupt, bankrupt. And who cares? Yeah. I mean, it, so Jeez. it'll get to the point where why why are we putting Bubba Wallace on? What's our, my return on investment? Yeah. It'll get to that point. Like it'll get it'll but it's so but it's not there yet. But if he doesn't improve, it'll get to that point where like we're we're not backing this guy anymore. We just it's a we're losing money. Or, Here, you know. Here's why I think he still has upside and hasn't been fully evaluated. He's never had a teammate at the cup level. He's never been in the top five organization. And Joe Gibbs has a driver this year that's in his third cup year who has an average finish of 18th, even though he has a win in Christopher Bell. That's not far from 21st. 
So same equipment, not doing terrible. Now I'm not an apologist for Bubba Wallace. I just am saying, I don't think we can evaluate his long-term success off of this year. I completely agree with Michael that. But he's not a rookie in the series anymore. He's a veteran of the series. How many guys have had terrible rides and then they got that shot? You know, they got that shot. 2311 is not a terrible ride on paper. No, but but Joe Gibbs is having a down year. You can't say that because you don't know. We don't know what kind of alliance they have. We assume that it's a lot like the Furniture Row Alliance. We don't know that. And like I say, Bell's running 18th. Martin Truex's average finish is his 14th. Yeah. Well, Truex will also be in the back in crap cars, too. So he's a good example of that when he gets into some good equipment. How he yeah. Can. Who's that? Yep. Truex. I mean, good point. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he never had a... had luck with Michael Walter bracing, and then he gets into some good equipment, and suddenly and, he's on fire. And if Preston yeah. was here, I need, to, I need to just step into Preston's shoes for just a minute. Uh, look at George Russell when he ran for Mercedes last year. Oh yeah, I mean, you're right. Nineteenth in the Williams every week, and you put him in the Mercedes. And if that thing doesn't have mechanical fare, he's a Grand Prix. Yeah, winner. but then here's my thing. At that point, that will expose, in this case, a Lewis Hamilton as it's not the driver, it's the equipment. Lewis Hamilton stock plummets. Yeah, but he's still got seven titles. Yeah, and, but his stock plummets because it's more car than driver. He's Lewis Hamilton's more marketable on Deb's point at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Michael, you had something to say. Kyle Larson. Yeah, yeah. I'm, that's Kyle Larson's an exact example. That's a great point going from yeah. Ganassi to yeah. Hendrick. Mm-hmm. I mean, good point. I mean, I mean here's a guy who's winning occasionally, but not dominating. Yeah. Not. And remember, I don't know if you guys heard it. Was it Steve Latart talking about his crew chief being upset with second? And Carl Larson was like, "Why are you moving around? We finished second. That's great." And he's like, "We don't ever expect to finish second. We expect to win." Yeah. And when you're at Chip Ganassi, second's like a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought somebody, and I can't remember who said it. Somebody brought up a great point, and it wasn't on the broadcast or anything. But they said, if Jimmy Johnson was still at Hendrick, would they be having the success that they're having this year? That's no. a great philosophical question. I bet he wouldn't be just running the road courses. He, he, no, 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 no. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson but, changed after that Pocono crash. Yeah, I wouldn't have gone to run IndyCar if it was because yeah, of a crash. And, I mean, that's and it's okay, and we're okay with that. We got a lot of. A lot of good out of Jimmy Johnson, yes. and we were able Seven to see titles. Yeah, so one of sure. the best. And, and, totally and, and what Larson's doing right now is reminiscent of that. I think Travis said that to me over the yep. weekend. Like, yeah. I mean, people forget in like 06, 07, 08, 09, those, those years, or maybe it's a little bit later, where he would win four out of six weekends. Just like, oh, mm-hmm. don't need to watch the race this weekend. It's just 48. It's going to be in victory lane. Yeah. You went to Dover. You went to Pocono. You went to Martinsville. It was a pretty, pretty much a shoe. Lowe's Motor Speedway. Lowe's Motor Speedway, yeah. Yep. Jimmy Johnson was going to win. Yeah, but that, that's all great points there. That's kind of why I would like to do this, to hear everybody's perspective on them. And I knew once we got into 23XI and Bubba Wallace, I think uh, that's when everybody was going to start talking. But great points. Any, anybody else have anything else on that? No. Nope. No? Okay. Well, then we're just going to start wrapping it up here. I know this has been a long episode, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, hope to maybe do this again, maybe in the year wrap-up, if, if you guys want to come back, if everybody wants to come back and to experience this whole thing again, but predictions here uh, coming um, for the second half of the season, that is predictions for what to expect. And we're going to start off with uh, the ladies from Fast Lap. Chrissy, what do you got for predictions? Um, well, my prediction is that we're going to see Denny Hamlin get his win. It might not be until the playoffs, but I'm pretty sure he's going to get in there based on his points. Um, I think we're going to see Suarez make the playoffs on point potentially. Um, so that's my prediction. Um, I'd like to see him get to the top 12 to the round of 12, but I'd be happy to see him in the 16th. 
So, and of course, as always, Chase is going to heat up in the second half like he does every year. I don't panic when he has a rough beginning to the the season. I see the last couple of years he's kind of taken off in the second half and. He's a lot like Tony Stewart that way. It's up in the summer. I mean, I like Jimmy Johnson, too. So very good predictions. I like that. What about you, Deb? What do you got for predictions? Um, I think we see more Chevy wins other than Hendrick. Maybe Ganassi. I'm betting RCR. The three or the eight? I don't know. That's the tough one (laughs) because Reddick's doing well now. But Dylan doesn't run bad. Either one of them, I would be totally fine with either one of them. And I think we see Larson get to seven wins, not including wow. Texas. Not including the all-star not, race. Okay, fair no. enough. But that's Points four races. more, right? He has three on the season? Yeah, he's got four of the four. season. He already has so, four on the season. Three more. So, three. yeah, that's a very attainable goal there, Deb. I like so it. He's Boom. going to underachieve for the rest of the <laughs> season? All right, here we go. <laughs> No, no, he's he's going to do exactly. But I do think that with like Chrissy said, with Chase doing well and heating up towards the end of the season, I think that it's going to be a battle between mm-hmm. Chase and Larson for that position at Hendrick. Yeah, I don't disagree oh, with your point. Yeah, never even thought of the top king of the hill right there. Good one, Deb. I like it. What about you, Travis? Couple of predictions. One of them is way out there on a limb. Larson will break nobody's won 14 races in a year since gordon won what 13 in was it 01 or something like that no it wasn't a 2001 by all means it was like 90 something uh, 96 97 yeah 13 right well larson's gonna win seven of the final 19 and win 14 races this year uh wait a minute seven of the final 19 i'm sorry seven yeah yeah i'm sorry he's gonna win 10 i'm sorry the other thing is I believe that it will be 300 cars and Joey Logano in the final four. Uh, Larson, Elliott, and By Bowman. Oh, Bowman. Bowman will be in the final mm-hmm. four. And then my final prediction, I believe you're going to see somebody step away this year that we're not expecting. I don't know who, but I believe you're going to see somebody step away. And I also Cody be- Ware. No, unfortunately. <laughs> and I also believe you're going to see Jeff Gordon take a major ownership role at Hendrick Motorsports and step out of the Fox Sports booth. Hmm, that's bold. Same thing about. The so we've Ware seen our last Jeff Gordon Fox booth already. I believe you've seen your last. I believe that uh, I'm hearing reports that Rick Hendrick is talking to him and I just believe that uh, you know Rick's I think 70 now and I think that he I think that Jeff is interested in you know taking over that team and I think it'll be a soft takeover at first but um, it will be interesting if the four walks away and they put him in the booth with Boyer because the four is a really really good commentator you know it's funny um, I actually had this conversation with my husband over dinner about Hendrick and Jeff Corden so yeah, I mean, he, he already owns what two of his cars technically. Right. We had he's always owned Johnsons, right? Yeah, yeah. we think he's going to be taking a little bit of ownership. And I said the same thing. You know, he's not going to be jumping in feet first right now, but yeah. he'll get there while Rick is still there. Yeah. And we got to ease him into it, and then eventually he'll be out, and he'll be. All right, what about be interesting you? to see how that shapes yeah, up? Yeah, it will be. I, I've heard well, rumors of that. Getting, I was going to say because Alex might be getting ready to take over Roush too. Yeah, and if Gordon takes over Hendrick. That leaves Hendrick to still be associated with Junior. Yes. Hendrick changes the majority over to Gordon. That leaves Hendrick 
So if Dale Jr. wants to go cup riding, he can right. still work with Hendrick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. That's right. Yeah. Interesting few years, man. It will be, man. A lot of turnover in this. It's crazy how one person could just take that domino effect and run it down the Uh chain. That's crazy. How about you, Mike? Well, I think we're going to see the rest of the field catch up with the Hendrick cars. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just think there's too there's too much talent out there in those garages and on those pit boxes for you know the Hendrick guys to keep doing what they're doing week in and week out. We've already seen a little bit of that from Kyle Busch, you know, messing up the party a little bit and breaking up the final the the top 4 a couple weeks ago. For, uh, was that Sonoma? I can't remember. I don't think we've seen the last and going off of that, I don't think Gibbs is done. I, I listen, we hadn't I think those guys are going to have a second half resurgence. You've got Truex in there. I don't know if we'll see it from Bell, maybe at a road course from Bell. Yeah, I just I don't I'm not really sure. Uh, let's see. And you got Kyle and Denny. We've talked about how Denny is just due. I, I think Hendrick's going to remain at the top. There's not going to be as much of a gap as we've seen the first half of the season. You'll see a little bit of that play out in my uh, my final four predictions right. later on. So I think we'll see a, a catch up and a lot more interesting second half than we have first half. All right. What about you there, Andy? That's it. I am going to go out on a limb and say Kevin Harvick is going to make the final four. I think he's going to figure it out. I don't. I, I just think he and Rodney have something. I think he's going to make the final four, and I think he's going to walk away. I also think one thing I'm 100% sure of is we're not going to see, unfortunately, because I'm a fan of his, we're not going to see Chase Elliott repeat. Does anybody know the last time somebody repeated his champion? Jimmy Johnson. Johnson. 2010. It was a long time ago. And um, it doesn't mean it can't happen. I just think with these playoffs, it's just really, really hard to repeat. This is not where you can have good equipment and have an edge for so long and you beat people on consistency like you could do in the 90s and 2000s. I agree. So I think I think you're going to see another champion. It could be Kyle's third. You know, that guy, as much as he talks, he still – and as unhappy as he is, and yeah, they faded at Nashville very badly, but he's like a Hamlin or a Harvick or a Truex. Until they are mathematically eliminated, do not count them out as a possible title favorite. I think we will also get to see what happens to that Larson team under pressure. It's a lot of fun to be the points leader or the wins leader in the middle of the season, but now once you're the guy with the target on your back, it's going to be interesting to see how that team handles it. Um, Cliff Daniels and those guys. So um, that's going to be a position that Larson's never been in. Uh, I think he's made the second round of the playoffs before, but I don't ever think he's made it into the round of eight. So, I don't think so. it'll be interesting. Um, I'd love to say, I mean, based on the way this, the season is going to date, you could almost say all 400 cars would get in the final four, but I think it's foolish to say that something like that's going to happen. And I think you're going to see Harvick, Hamlin, Byron, and Larson. All right. We're, we're going to go back here on that since you made your final four predictions. Chrissy, what, what about your final four predictions? My final four, um, I, I do think Chase might make it to the final four. I don't think he's going to win because I think this season is Larson's season to lose. Um, might as well say, yeah, who the champion's going to be as well. Right. So I'm going Larson, Elliott, True X, Hamlin. I think it's going to end up being a JGR versus him, um, Hendrick. I agree, I agree with you 100% because I, I got to burst the Chevy. No, That's I what I had too, except I had Kyle Busch and not Hamlin. Nice. I, well, I got Larson, Hamlin, Elliott, and Kyle Busch. That's crazy. We're all picking mm. similarly. Yeah. <laughs> Grapevines think alike. What do you have for your final four, Mike? Boards in the final four. So yeah, I don't see that. Well, unfortunately. Free playing, I, I did play with the idea of Logano um, because he tends to do well 
in certain pressure situations, right. but I just don't think the cars have it in them this year. Yeah, yeah and he, but he, you know, he could, you know, that's one of those ones that you, you bring up, Deb, that, you know, he could sneak up and win a Martinsville, right, and make it into that final four when four. he really hasn't, hasn't had the season. Was it, Michael, you said there's too much talent yep. in some of these garages to yep. to just hand it to, to one or two organizations. What about your final four, Michael? Uh, my final four would be Larson and Kyle Busch, no surprise there. I think Logano... Uh, we'll also find a way to get in, as I alluded to earlier. But I don't think I've heard too many people mention a guy that's been really consistent. Uh, much more, he's had his best season he's had thus far. The Hendrick driver, nobody likes to talk about that. That's William Byron. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I had him in my final four. Oh, did you? Yeah. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. He's got a crazy bunch of top tens this year. He's very and consistent. He is, and yep. um, that's that's a that's a. It's been a breakout year for him, not in terms of wins, but just he's finally he's finally putting together the finishes that go with where he runs. Rudy Fugel. That's all I'm going to mm-hmm. say. You know, getting truck series title with him, right? Almost, almost. Okay, almost. His paint schemes always look they, awesome too. They I, blew, love, I love those cars. They blew an engine at Homestead. He he's had a breakout year. Um, yep. I know he'd like to win more. His only win at, was at Homestead. But I think you could see him win more in the second half of the year if they can catch Larson. Well, I, I think I think Hamlin is going to secure his first championship of the of his career. Going back on what I said about Matt Crafton in 2019, okay. you don't need a win. In this so, win so you're saying he's going to do it, and he's going to do it without a win. It's possible. It's unlikely. When's the last time a Cup champion didn't have a win? Denny's luck, that seems to make sense because he gets to the final four and then he does he well and then something happens. Yeah, it's true. So, Denny but, Hamlin's worse. But, I mean, the last time I've seen a driver win less than two races was Matt Kenseth in 2003. Matt Kenseth in before the whole chase for the cup thing started. And the chase for the cup, I think, it was because of that season. But, I mean, I, I think Hamlin does it. I think Ryan it, Newman almost did it his last year for RCR. Yeah, It has never been done. Yeah, I didn't think it had ever been done. It's never been done. Uh, he finished second at Homestead. The last race was the closest that he's ever come. Kenseth and Benny Parsons have done it with one win. Oh, and Bill Rixford in 1950. Yeah. And Ned Jarrett in 61. Those are the four that did it with one. But no one's done it with zero, which is interesting. I think it could happen. I, if, I think we're losing sight of how many stage points and bonus bonus win points that that. Kyle Larson, some of those other guys. Yeah, but those get washed away yeah. in Phoenix. I, they, I know, and huh? I, that's I, 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 I don't like. And I, listen, we can get into the championship race format one of these times, and I got plenty to say. I do not like it. I think it's oh, let's just all of a sudden let's just not do anything we've done all year and just see who finishes the the best in this one race. If you can make it to the and right, Harvey, I, I've already said too much. I don't care for it. I think. I think Hamlin's going to Hamlin's going to have a hard time making it because of that. He just doesn't. He's not. Well, there's only three spots. Yeah, there's yeah. only three spots in the final four. I'm talking about getting to the final four. That's what I'm talking about. There's only yeah. three spots because Larson's got 27 playoff points. Yeah, that, that's yes. almost a full race. But go back to last year. Harvick so did Harvick. Had, Harvick had 55, I think. And it wasn't enough. Didn't One make it because he hit the wall at Texas That's and they had a terrible race at Martinsville. Bonus points, stage points, playoff points, they're great, but they're not the end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have them, 
you will need them at some point during the playoffs. Well, and what was it? 18 wins last year out of the 36 races, and neither of them were the Hamlin and Harvick weren't the title contender, weren't the titleists. Yeah. Which uh, they won half the races between those two cars, and they didn't win the, win the yeah. title. All right. Sorry, Matt. Next, Matt. We, 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 yeah. apologize. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up here because I know. I know it's been a long time. It's been almost two hours since we started this uh, this epic journey <laughs> down this road. But I'm going to leave it with this. Uh, but real quick, everybody make their championship picks. I think everybody did. Yeah. Nemechek, Cendric, and Larson. <laughs> Nemechek. Oh, for the three for the trucks. Oh, okay, okay. Champion question mark here. I think that the Nemechek, I know we hadn't talked trucks at all, but I think Nemechek is the easiest prediction that we could make. As long as he doesn't if put he, it in the fence. If he doesn't put it in the fence, the trophy's engraved or with his blows name up. on it. How'd you like to be the engine guy if that thing blows up at Phoenix? Yeah, that's true. Mm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Right, but uh, we're going to leave it on this note, and then we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. And this should have been one of the biggest news stories, I think. Gen 7 car coming out February 2022 for the Daytona 500. New car to start off with. We're going to leave it here. Final thoughts on that, and then we're going to... Hit the ground running to maybe our uh, after-season review and wrap-up here. But, uh, Deb, I mean, are you looking forward to the Gen 7 car or not? I am looking forward to it, and I'm hopeful that it levels the playing field. Hopeful being the operative word there. I don't think that it's going to as much as we hope it will. So I'm hopeful, but I'm not going to be shocked if it does not level the playing field like we were hoping where I was hoping. But I'm with you. We're just going to have to wait and see. They want to level the playing field, but how many times have we heard that before? And now we've got the, the low downforce, high horsepower package and, and the low horsepower and high downforce package. I mean, they just change up stuff, but this might be different. Uh, Chrissy, what do you think about the Gen 7 car coming out? Um, I'm excited, kind of opposite of Deb. I'm excited to see if it does give us an opportunity to see some strengths and weaknesses from teams, much like the lack of practice and qualifying has. Mm -hmm. Um, There could be potential for things to be influenced, of course, but I don't know. I'm optimistic. I try to be optimistic until I'm given reason not to be. Right. I'm I'm looking forward to it just like you, and I'd hate to already send the ship to the iceberg without it being selling for a little bit. What about you there, Mike? It's just one step further away from what made NASCAR so exciting and so fun for people to watch. And the re- there's not going to be a lot of difference between your Toyotas, your Chevys, and your Fords. It's going to look, it's going to another taking up another step closer to an iRock race, and it it takes away some of the character from the car makes, the car styles, the car bodies. I just I'm not excited about that. But what I am excited about is that maybe this will be a truer measure of driver talent if the cars are more equal. I think that will be a showcase of driver talent. I hope that's what I hope that's what it is. So it's kind of there's pros and cons to it. It's kind of wait and see. I try to be optimistic about it as well. Yeah, we'll see. I, there's a lot of people smarter than us and know more about the sport than we do that. Thought it'd be a good idea to go with this, uh, take this step, and we're what if it's good for NASCAR, it's good for us, and we'll be happy with it. Right, I agree. Uh, Travis, what about you? NASCAR has a whole new leadership structure since the last time that they that they introduced a new car. You got Steve O'Donnell, Scott Miller, 
President Steve Phelps, um, John Bobo. I mean, I could go on down the line. But the bottom line is that they've put a lot of work into this car. They've tested it a lot. They delayed it a year. I think, I don't think you're going to see the Rick Ware Racings suddenly go to the front of the field. I think the teams that are 25th place cars, you may see them move up to 15 to 20th. But I think that, or rather, I hope that it doesn't turn into a discussion amongst the fan base of, I wish the number on the car was back in its previous location, or I don't like the single lug nut. Like, let's talk about the <clears throat> racing. Let's not talk about the components of the car and where they're located. Totally agree with you. Couldn't agree more. I got my little two cents to tell you guys about after Andrew. Yeah, a couple of things. One, I think early on you're going to see one organization just hit it. That typically happens with a new car, just, you know, whether it's planning or dumb luck or whatever, you're probably going to see, before you see more parity, you might see one team leg it out. I mean, one organization leg it out uh, over the others. The other thing is I think you're going to see a lot less cut tires. You're going to see a lot less um, aerodynamic issues because these things have composite bodies. And we've seen that in the Xfinity series, that composite body it doesn't, it, it, it's much more rigid and doesn't bend in on the tires. And so I think you're going to see places like Darlington guys get even more aggressive because they can just run that thing up against the wall and it's not going to bend it against the tire. And the last thing, like, like Travis said, I hope we don't worry too much about the aesthetics uh, because I think it was, I don't remember which year, which kind of tells you, but uh, anybody remember the wing? 2007. Yeah, so yeah, that sucked, but nobody discounts that season. There was still a NASCAR season. There was still a cup champion, right? One of Jimmy's five. So, or five in a row, I should say. So yes, there's going to be some aesthetic differences to it and it may not feel exactly the same, but some other things about this, there's a lot more uh, technology in this car than people are thinking about it. You know, the way they're doing the independent suspension, some of the other things, I think that's a move forward in terms of a technological category. You know, NASCAR is also uh, doing the data streaming now. And some, a lot of these other things that, you know, NASCAR has to keep up with the times. Uh, the, the cars are going to look like the street cars, at least on the nose. I think that's exciting. But at the end of the day, you either like a racing series and the personalities in it, or you don't. And if you don't, if, if, if the change in car changes your opinion on that, then, you know, there's nothing that NASCAR or anybody else can do. I, I mean, I, I still think NASCAR missed an opportunity to debut that car for the All-Star Race. 100%. Yeah, that would have been cool. I think that would have put a lot more butts in the seat and given up people the opportunity to see these cars in action. I, I fi- think so. Like, I'm sorry. No, I, was just say, I just have to say, thinking of the All-Star Race, it was also a, kind of a disappointment because last year there was so much talk about the All-Star Race. The number movement and the lights they were putting underneath. There was so much going on. They were changing the location. And this All-Star Race, they are like, yeah, it's in Texas. It's in Texas. And those guys drive all the way out there for a 80 yeah. lap race. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. You're in the open. Like you, they didn't even mention like, which should we do the lights again? Let's do right. a poll. What did you guys think? Let's test out number placement since that's a big topic. Would have been right. a great place for I, them I, to have I think the Gen 7 would have been front, perfect. In the middle, in the rear, yeah. so you can see it. Well, yeah. NASCAR made its deal with the devil to get Coda on the schedule by getting the all-star race there. I think if they had kept the all-star race in Charlotte, you may have seen that Gen 6, Gen 6 car excuse me, Gen 7 car on the track. I think you're going to forget about the single lug nut after the first yep. pit stop in February. And yep. I really think this car might bring in more manufacturers. Dodge, We, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the commercials where the Dodge is, where the Ricky Bobby and Kale, or mm-hmm. and Kale Norton are on there. It was Dodge teasing a comeback. I've heard whispers of Honda yep. possibly coming in. 
this yep. might be doing it. This might be bigger than what we think. We're focused on the car, but what about the ripple effect coming from the car? And I think, ladies and gentlemen, after two hours of recording, at least pre-editing, that is it. Does anybody <laughs> else have anything before we... On my last point on the Gen 7 car, I don't think the low horsepower package is going anywhere because the bottom line is if NASCAR hopes to get more manufacturers in, which they do, they want a lower horsepower engine. I think you could even see it decrease more than 550. Yeah, it's a lower cost, uh, a slower cost barrier to get into the sport. Yep, that's all I got. The cheap man pays the most, I feel, at the end of the day. <laughs> Chrissy and Deb, you have anything? No, we are good to go. Well, I, I want to thank you two for showing up here that's fast slap podcast and you can find that on all major podcast platforms with chrissy and deb and uh, you guys want to give your twitter handle real quick again just sure um for the show it's at fast lap underscore podcast and my personal is at ct latrell nine okay and deb? my personal is at deb nicole 38 yeah make sure to go follow those two if you're listening to us on the Unhinged Sports Network, Blind Spotting, or in the Marvel's Weekly Racing Podcast. Great group of people. Thank you so much, ladies. And Blind Spotting, thank you so much. You've been on our race day show. Yep. And you want to give your quick informa- information out here before we wrap it up here? Yeah. Our Twitter handle is at NASCAR Blind Spot. We're also on Facebook at Blind Spotting Racing Podcast. Okay. And if you have questions or suggestions, you can email us at blindspottingpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, great. Well, thanks again for everybody. I know this was a long-winded thing. It's a first-time mesh-up compilation with these big, which I say three big growing podcasts, I think making their own little dents in there in their own special ways. Thanks again for showing up. It was great, a lot of fun, and hope to do it again in the future. Thanks, Matt, for for having us. All right, enjoy it. Nice meeting you guys. Thanks. Yep. Thanks for having us on. You as well. Have a great night, y'all. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank Before we wrap up today's show, I wanted to take a moment to remind everybody out there and in the Marbles Nation about our partnership with Fanatics. Fanatics is a proud partner of the Unhinged Sports Network, which we here at In the Marbles are the voice of racing. If you head over to inthemarbles.net under the Partners tab, there you will find the link to Fanatics. And it'll take you right to their NASCAR store, where you can find all your favorite drivers' hats, t-shirts, diecast, and more. But you don't have to just stop there. I buy all my Alabama Crimson Tide gear there, and Preston buys all his South Carolina Gamecock gear there as well. All purchases that help out the Unhinged Sports Network bring you the best sports coverage 24-7 at unhingedsn.com. Make sure to head over to the Unhinged Sports Network to listen to your favorite shows, not just in the marbles, but all your sports podcast needs, such as football, basketball, hockey, and yes, racing. That's unhingedsn.com. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go, one lap right here. Final thoughts here on this episode of In the Marbles. Hope you all enjoyed that mid season review with Blind Spotting NASCAR podcast and Fast Lap with Chrissy and Deb. A lot of fun, always fun having them on the show. Hope to have them on again in the future. But now we're just going to get into our final thoughts. Our In the Marble 2.0 standings. Matt Camper continues to lead with 3,195 points. SMR R&D in second. S-Blades third. SMR Operations fourth. Spoken Woody fifth. I'm in sixth with 2,954 points. Almost about to break that 3,000 mark. Chuck 83, 84, 7th, Unhinged Racing 8th, and Summers Racing 9th. Again, that's for the end of the year. $100 Amazon gift card if you're interested in joining. 
Suggest not doing it this season. Wait till February 2022 in order for that to happen. And for our driver of the week this week here at Indy Marbles, we're going to go with an arc, 10-time ARCA Series champion, Frank Kimball, born April 30th, 1962 in Clarksville, Indiana. Again, his 10-time reign as ARCA Series champion started in 1998, continued on into the 2000s, being the champion in 2001, 2000, 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005, 2006, 2007, and 2013. We'd like to focus a lot on the top series drivers like Dale Richard Petty, Jimmy Johnson, and Lewis Hamilton winning seven championships in their respective sports. But we're overlooking a 10-time champion a lot, I think, in Frank Kimball during his run in the ARCA series, which started in 1990. With 503 starts total in the series, 80 wins, and 45 pulls. I'm surprised we haven't done him yet here at In the Marbles, but I'm glad we are doing him this week. Frank Kimmel, your driver of the week this week here at In the Marbles. And for this week in NASCAR, we go back to June 24th, 1973. David Pearson noses out Buddy Baker in the Motor State 400 at the Michigan Motor Speedway, which was the first race stage at the two-mile oval since Roger Penske became the owner and promoter of that track. The race is the only NASCAR event at the Michigan Speedway in 1973, as Roger Penske elected to replace the summer NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National event with an IndyCar race. And that is here this week in NASCAR. Uh, Folks, again, I thank you so much for tuning in to us this week here in the Marbles. Uh, We're going to be back with the Pocono Doubleheader Review as well as the Austrian Formula One review. Can't wait for that. It's going to be a fun week in a race in two double headers back to back as far as truck and in cup and then Xfinity and cup on Saturday and Sunday, respectively. Austria Grand Prix will be on Sunday on ESPN as always. And folks, that's all we got here. It's been a long episode. Thank you for sticking through the end. And now we're just going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Thanks again so much for tuning in to us this week here at In The Marbles. Make sure to go to InTheMarbles.net for links to all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, to stay in touch with us here at the show, myself and Preston, and to hear the latest and greatest from the world of auto racing. For Preston Lude, who's not here, I'm Matt Beamer. Special thanks again to Blind Spotting NASCAR Podcast and Fast Lab with Christian Depp for being on the show. Stay safe and have a good rest of your week. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.